this is Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. You're listening to the Aligned Women podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If you want more time with your family and more money in your bank account, you're in the right place. Be sure to take our Aligned Practice quiz to find out how aligned your practice is. You can find it at www.alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. Now sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, Aligned Women. Welcome to episode 121 of the Aligned Women podcast. I am your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the mistakes that women in chiropractic make with their team members. And I have a a story to share with you. I was trying to combine story and share into the same word. I have a story to share with you um, that led me to share this topic with you today. But first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to one of our aligned women members, Dr. Sarah Radabaugh. Dr. Sarah is actually going to be a speaker at the upcoming Women's Health Symposium, which is um, held through the ACA's Women's Health Council. And it will be taking place at Logan University at the end of this month on September 28th and 29th. And Dr. Sarah is going to be talking about um, breastfeeding issues, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But um, if you happen to be listening to this episode before the symposium and you are either in the St. Louis area or can be in the St. Louis area, then I would encourage you to come um, to the Women's Health Symposium. It's going to be awesome. There are a lot of female speakers, first and foremost, so come out and support these ladies who are um, like-minded chiropractors. And you can also earn some CE credits depending upon your state's requirements. But I believe that most states are offering continuing education um, y- units for your attendance at the Women's Health Symposium. Um, where do you go to get more information? Oh gosh, you'll need to go to Logan's website um, or contact their postgraduate department. I can tell you their phone number because I still know it from when I worked at Logan. It's still like etched in my brain. 636-227-2100. Ask for the postgrad department. Barb Cronin or Don, they will help you get registered for the Women's Health Symposium at the end of September 2019. And congratulations, by the way, to Dr. Sarah Radabaugh for being um, selected to be a speaker at the symposium. Okay, so first things first, I'm going to tell you a story about mistakes, a, a particular mistake that I have made with one of my team members and what I have learned from this mistake. So um, if, you, if you don't know the background, then this probably doesn't make as much sense, but I work at home. My office is at home, my kids are homeschooled, so we're all home a lot. And we have a sitter, she is here 28 hours a week. Um, She is wonderful. She's a mom of a seven-year-old daughter. She also homeschools her kiddos, so we just kind of all blend together really nicely. And, And I feel confident, you know, having my kids cared for by someone with her expertise. She has a master's degree in education, so I couldn't have asked for someone more qualified and um, just, you know, like 
amazing all around to take care of my kids. Um, when she first started with us a year ago, it was like survival. Our baby, our youngest at that time was um, about eight months old. And then of course the other girls were four and seven, I believe. And um, our sitter's daughter comes for about half of the day that she's here as well. So she's managing four little girls. And um, especially when the baby was younger and still nursing, it was just a lot of back and forth with me, passing her off, then taking her, putting her down for naps, etc. And so we've gone through a lot of transitions over the last year than in the time that she's been with our family. And that includes no longer nursing. Our baby is almost now not taking naps. Um, the older kids want to like be out, spending time with friends more often and just going to more activities. So she's really great at balancing um, all of that, like juggling it all, getting the baby to take naps. Baby, she's not necessarily a baby. She's a toddler now. Um, she'll be two in just a few months and, you know, making sure that the other kids are getting their schoolwork done and that they are also spending plenty of time outside and that they're doing, um, other activities. Like there's a lot of homeschool kid activities, homeschool gym, co-ops, um, play dates, etc. So she takes them to do these things. Now, at a certain point, she started kind of a new routine with them, which was she'd take them out to go to the park or to go to homeschool gym. And on the way home, they would stop at McDonald's. And my husband and I, we do not feed our kids McDonald's. Now, if you feed your kid McDonald's, more power to you. But for us, it's just a thing. Like we don't feed our kids McDonald's. It's like the one thing that my husband and I both agree on. We like, we just don't go there. We don't go there. And um, it's not to say that we don't ever feed them fast food because we do, we just try to be smart with our choices. But at some point it became like a routine, like more than one time a week that the kids and our sitter were stopping at the drive-thru or going to McDonald's and not just getting um, time in the play area, but also getting ice cream, getting chicken nuggets and french fries and bringing home the extra toys that we don't need. And I'm here in the house working and busy and not necessarily paying attention to what's like, where are they going? What are they doing? And then my husband would say, why did you let them go to McDonald's? And I'm like, well, first of all, I didn't say like, yeah, go ahead and go to McDonald's. No big deal. But what I realized after this continued to happen was I never actually did say, please don't feed our kids McDonald's. <laughs> See the difference here between like not having ever said something that was like a boundary for us. So it's one thing to just assume that our sitter would know that we don't take our kids to McDonald's when she is not here. And it's another thing for me to let her know that it's actually not okay with us. And I love that you take them out and get them out of the house and go do things with them and get them some interaction with other people. But please don't take them to McDonald's. They have plenty of food here at home to eat. And so this just kept going on and on and on. And I have my kids on one side, like, mom, we're leaving. We're going to McDonald's. I'm like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> just get back to work. And I have my husband on the other side who's not here when that's happening saying, why are you letting them go to McDonald's? And I'm like, I I'm not 
intentionally letting them go. It's just happening sort of by default. But what I learned from this situation was that it was really truly me. I had to take responsibility for our desire for the kids to not eat McDonald's, right? And I kept taking a back seat, essentially, like being passive about it. And in a sense, expecting our sitter to read my mind and to just know, like, that's not okay with us. That's not okay with us as their parents. We don't want them to eat there. Take them there to play if you can manage getting them there to play and not buying them food. <laughs> but please don't feed them McDonald's. That's all we ask. And I just kept avoiding it. And I kept avoiding it, kept avoiding it, kept avoiding it. And I finally was like, okay, I have to stop. Like, this is silly. I, I have to just, like, nip this in the bud, right? And just put it to rest because I'm feeling pulled in two or three different directions with this. So guess what? When I made it really clear in a nice, kind way, like, we just don't want our kids to eat at McDonald's and it's not like you've done something wrong. We just never made it clear. I never made it clear to you that this is a boundary for us. Then guess what happened? She stopped taking them there. No big deal. <laughs> I don't think she was actually um, attached to having to take them there in the first place. It was just something to do with the kids. And she had no idea that it wasn't okay with their parents. So here's the moral of the story, okay? And why I share this with you. Yes, it's a situation that's not necessarily happening in the chiropractic office, but our sitter is a vital part of my team. I have five employees. Five, is that right? Is that counting me? <laughs> Maya, oh my Goldie. Five counting me, so four team members, okay? And without her caring for our kids, I wouldn't be able to do what I do and work. I wouldn't be able to focus, like, ever. I wouldn't hardly ever be able to get anything completed or done. So she's a vital part of my team, and yet I wasn't doing the things with her that I do with the rest of my team members, like quarterly or um, biannually. Biannually, is that the right word? Two times a year reviews. I wasn't um, checking in with her on a regular basis, like every pay period and asking her what has gone well, what problems came up, what solutions did you implement, and what resources or tools do you need to do your job better or to feel better about the work that you do. And, and I wasn't um, meeting with her, like meeting with her, just her, for her and I to talk and to know we're going in the same direction and that we're on the same page. But I do this with all of my other team members, so why wouldn't I do this with her? Okay, now you can take what I've shared with you here and apply it to yourself and your own team members right now because what I have done in this experience is something that a lot of women in chiropractic do with their team members, regardless of if it's someone that, that provides childcare or someone that is a CA or an associate in your practice. One of the biggest mistakes that we make with our team members is expecting them to be able to read our minds. And guess what? They probably can't. <laughs> maybe they've got some really cool superpowers, maybe but you can't assume. So if you have a boundary or if you have a thing that is driving you crazy or you have expectations of that employee that they're not meeting, 
you got to get really clear and honest with yourself first. Have you clearly expressed that boundary or those expectations to that person? And you know, this can feel hard to do. We tend to not like confrontation. It doesn't have to be hard though. When you come to the person and just have an honest and open conversation with them. So let's talk about a couple of other examples of mistakes that we make with our team members while we're here on this topic. Not giving them enough training. I see this all the time, like all the time. Someone hires an associate or hires um, a new person to work at the front desk and you get them like enough training to kind of sort of do their job and get by, but the training just kind of tapers off. And instead, we need to really make sure that our new team members have a very clear onboarding process. And you also want that onboarding process to be repeatable for the next person that fills that same position or one similar to it. Which leads me to the next mistake that we make. When we hire someone and it doesn't work out well, then we say, you know what? I'm not good at hiring, I'm not good at delegating, and people just don't work with the same work ethic that I have, so I'm just gonna do it all myself and I'm not going to have any support. This is not in all cases, but this is often a very big mistake. If you want your practice to grow, you'll have to have more resources including more human resources in order for that growth to occur. All right, then lastly, not hiring support at all. Like you might be in a place right now where you feel like you're really, really overwhelmed. You've got tons on your plate. You're doing it all in your practice. And this is what we call the ramp up phase in aligned women. The ramp up phase feels really overwhelming. You've got Um, a decent amount of patients on your schedule now and somehow the bills always get paid but yet you feel like you're just barely treading water and you're thinking like well maybe I should hire someone but then I'd have to spend more money and you don't do it because you're afraid to spend more money but just like when you get burned by an employee that doesn't work out you can't assume that all people are bad people And you have to also be able to trust that when you delegate things off of your plate and someone else is doing some of the tasks that you don't have to be doing, that someone else could be doing, it will energetically open you up for growth in your practice. And in the long run, it can be the thing that actually helps you make more money in your practice. Okay, so let me recap these for mistakes that I've shared with you that we make with our team members. Sometimes we don't even know that we're making with our team members, but when you shine a light on them, it will help you to see, are you making one of these mistakes with your team members right now? First, expecting them to read your mind, not really expressing clearly your boundaries or your expectations of your team members, not giving them enough training or enough support to meet the expectations that you have for them not hiring someone to replace someone who left your team because you feel like you got burned by that person and then assuming that all people are like that. And then lastly, just not hiring any support at all and continuing to try to struggle to do it all yourself. 
So the good news, ladies, is that if you're in the Aligned Women Membership Program, that for the month of October, your new how-to will go way more in-depth with these problems that we have with team members and solutions, and really also how to avoid the problems in the first place if you're making your first hires for a virtual assistant, a chiropractic assistant, or even an associate in your practice. And if you're not an Aligned Women member yet and you want to be, then don't wait any longer because our fees are increasing by almost 50%. And you'll want to be able to get access to these kinds of trainings to help you be able to be more profitable in your practice while also being present with your family before the rates increase. All right, so if you want to check out the details for the membership program, head over to alignedwomenfoundations.com. You can find all of the information there. Next week, I'll be back with another new episode in which we talk more about team members, hiring, firing, training, all of the things when it comes to employees in your practice. So be sure to check that new episode. It will be episode 122, and I will see you then. Take care. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women podcast. If you've loved this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic who you know would love to be more profitable in her practice without sacrificing any more time with her family. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into how you can have both more time freedom and more financial freedom, be sure to take the Aligned Practice Quiz. You can join our newsletter and get your free copy of the quiz at alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. You'll know in less than 15 minutes what you need to focus on right away to become present and profitable. We'll see you in your email inbox soon.